Thank you for that. We will begin our worship with our opening hymn, which is in your bulletin, and I will share it on my screen as well. Christ is the world's true light, its captain of salvation, but is Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross, and changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Kings. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, 
Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as yourself live, you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho, the company of prophets who were at Jericho, drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, yes, I know, be silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. 50 men of the company of prophets also went and stood some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was par parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We will pray the psalm responsibly by half verse. The Lord, the God of gods, has spoken. He has called the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, perfect in its beauty. God reveals himself in glory. Our God will come and will not keep silence. Before him, there is a consuming flame and round about him, a raging storm. He calls the heavens and the earth from above. To witness the judgment of his people. Gather before me, my loyal followers. Those who have made a covenant with me and sealed it with sacrifice. Let the heavens declare the rightness of his cause. For God himself is judge. A reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers 
to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be, Thanks be to God. <clears throat> of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings for you, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they'd seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I do not often have the urge to go climb mountains. It's just not my favorite activity. It's hard and difficult, but I've done enough of it to know that it's also rewarding. And by enough of it, I mean very casual hikes up well manicured paths. If you've ever climbed a mountain or gone on a significant hike, you know that the journey becomes more and more rewarding even as it becomes more and more difficult. The views get better and better the higher you go. And the closer you get to the peak, to the summit, the closer you feel to that reward of satisfaction. One does not need to climb a mountain and see Jesus to feel the satisfaction of what it is to accomplish an arduous task. But not only do these disciples have that benefit and satisfaction of completing a hard journey, 
they also get to witness the glory of Christ. We are on the precipice of Lent, the changing of seasons the, and the end of the season of Epiphany. This particular gospel bookends the season, which began with the baptism. Well, it began with the Magi and their journey to the baby Jesus. But the Sunday after we heard that story, we also heard the story of the baptism of Jesus, where the heavens break open and we hear the voice of God tell us about Jesus's nature. In this season of wonder and light, we conclude with this magnificent moment, Jesus and the disciples and the glory of God fully revealed. I can begin to imagine what that moment must have been like for the disciples. A moment of encountering God and God's full nature, of knowing with unprecedented certainty about God's presence in the world. It's literally the feast of the transfiguration. Transformative moments stick with us. They embed themselves within us. They implant the, themselves in our memories. And whether they are on mountaintops, whether they are in worship services, in hospital rooms, on street corners, I would wager a bet that all of us have had some encounter with God that resembles the disciples' experience. Mountaintop moments, be them literal or figurative, feed the soul. They draw us back again and again to our houses of worship, to our scriptures, to being in relationship with God. They are elusive and tricky, hard to replicate, and they sneak up on us in unexpected ways. I have had mountaintop experiences on literal mountaintops, hiking with a youth group on a mission trip. I've had mountaintop experiences on the streets of San Francisco, handing out signs of God's love through ashes to the homeless and the hungry. I've had mountaintop experiences in diocesan convention centers in the midst of mundane meetings. I've had mountaintop experiences in worship with you all. They are holy and life-giving. They fill up the spirit and the soul, that well within us that seeks out God and spiritual nourishment. But here's the thing. The disciples and Jesus have to come down the mountain, literally and metaphorically. We don't get to stay on the mountaintop forever. I think this is a danger of Christianity and of some versions of being church that continually try to make all worship 
and all experiences within religious community a mountaintop experience. And they do it in a somewhat artificial way. If the worship is peppy enough, if the music is loud enough, if the crowd is big enough, if the preacher is charismatic enough, it feels as though you can manufacture that experience of the disciples encountering Christ. But we can't live on mountaintops. We can't be Christian standing on top of the mountain, always soaking in that transformative experience. And we certainly can't be fed by manufactured or shadow versions of that experience. And we don't spend a lot of time learning what to do when we come down the mountain. In the world of uh, recovery of AA and the 12 steps, the mountaintop experience might be akin to something called the pink cloud. It's that euphoric experience of early sobriety. We might think of it of that transformative experience of encountering God, or maybe it's getting that new job or uh, that new relationship. It's that honeymoon period, which is good and holy and life-giving, and it will not last forever. And we should spend more time thinking about how we will live on the other side of that moment in the day to day, in the week to week. We have this extraordinary encounter of Christ this Sunday that leads us in to this valley season of Lent. And we have to come down the mountain. This last year has been a year of coming down the mountain. All the things we're used to doing to reconnect with our mountaintop experiences of being in worship together, of seeing one another and passing the peace have been stripped away. But we still gather because the glory of Christ as we know it on the mountaintop is still true in the valleys and on the pathway down. It is in the mundane day-to-day -day that we struggle and work to continue to be Christian, to continue to know the glory of, the God, of God even when things might feel dim or mundane or ordinary. That to be Christian is not always going to be dazzling moments, but the day in and day out practices of faith and prayer and hard work. If we live believing that every moment should be extraordinary, we will be disappointed. But if we can live believing that Christ's glory is true in the most ordinary of moments, and if we use those mountaintop moments to nourish and feed us, even when things do not feel dazzling or sparkly or bright, our faith can take us deeper, sustain us longer, 
and have a fuller life as Christians and followers of Christ. The disciples and Jesus go down the mountain towards the cross. Being a person of faith is not always pretty, but it is worth it, even when it feels hard. Coming down the mountaintop is just as important as climbing it. It is just as important as the experience of the summit. And perhaps it is harder to go down than it is to climb up. But that hard work is a vital part of our faith. And my greatest joy is that we do not have to come down the mountain alone. Because that, that companionship in faith is an act of sustaining us, of being together in the ordinary. I know there are mountaintop experiences waiting for us. I even believe mountaintop experiences are possible on Zoom because I've had them. They feel different. But in between those moments, when I'm coming down the mountain or when I am in the valley, where it feels hard and when it feels unlike that which normally feeds me, I know that is part of this journey and is part of how we are Christians and is equally important to each of the other moments that I associate with encounters of Christ. It is how we live in, in day in and day out. In this season, as we enter the Valley of Lent, I encourage you to think and reflect on where those mountaintops have been for you to visualize them in your mind, where God has shown brightly and brilliantly and clearly. To bring that experience with you when you show up in the mundane and the ordinary. And to know that we will encounter the mountaintop again in the most unexpected places and we will come down the mountain together. Amen. Well, hello. Oh, it's the microphone. We continue together professing our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, 
of one being with the Father. Through him, all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he has worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead in the life of the world to come. Amen. And virtually we share with one another, may the peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. As we gather to enjoy our offertory, I'll remind you that in our bulletin is the information to text to give, which is our virtual passing of the plate. All that you give and do to support Emmanuel sustains our ministry, our buildings, the mundane and the spectacular. Uh, you can give through text, through our website, through mail, and thank you for all your gifts, uh, pledges and non-pledges as they work to continue to build up the kingdom of God on Mercer Island. Thank you. 
In peace we pray to you, Lord God. For all people in their daily life and work. For our, our family, families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone. For this community, the nation, and the world. For all who work for justice, freedom, and peace. For the just and proper use of your creation. For the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. For all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. For those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy. For the peace and unity of the Church of God. For all who proclaim the gospel and all who seek the truth. For Michael, our presiding bishop, and for Greg, our bishop, and for all bishops and other ministers. For all who serve God in his church. For the special needs and concerns of this congregation, especially those who are sick or suffering in mind, body, or spirit. Jillian Barlow, Jim Cameron, Digby Coleman, Jupe Compton, Glenn Crosby, Florian Crosby, Deanna Glenn, Diane Goodman, Mark Hall, Lorna Hamill, Bob Hayward, Hannah Hooper, Rosemary Howell, Peter Mackenheimer, Linda Mullen, Claire Parkinson, Anique Labru Reardon, Pam Rhodes, Karen Rowley, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, William Victory, Vivian, Julie Wigand, Peter Wiley, and those suffering with COVID and its after effects. You are invited to add your own prayers of concern either silently or aloud. Hear us, Lord. For your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life, especially those celebrating birthdays this week. Margaret Catherine Ogden, Jackson Barker, Pam Henderson, Elliot Silvers, Carrie York Williams, and Peggy Way. You are invited to add your own thanksgiving, either silently or aloud. We will exalt you, O God, our King. And praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died, especially Sam Bogar, Mal Clark, Marjorie Tholen, all of those who have died during the pandemic and those who mourn, that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom. You are invited to name those who, you, who have died either silently or aloud. Shai McLean. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them who put their trust in you. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. And so uphold us by your spirit, that we may live and serve you in newness of life 
to the honor and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the forgiveness of God through his son Jesus Christ be with you now and always. Amen. Together we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Together we pray for spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are truly present in the blessed sacrament of the altar. I desire to offer you praise and thanksgiving as I proclaim your resurrection. I love you above all things and long for you in my soul. Since I cannot receive you in the sacrament of your body and blood, come spiritually into my heart, cleanse and strengthen me with your grace, Lord Jesus, and let me never be separated from you. May I live in you and you in me in this life and the life to come. Amen. I believe we have some birthdays to celebrate. Uh, Pam Henderson, Elliot Silvers, Carrie York Williams, Peggy Way, Jackson Barker. I think a good number of you are here today. Happy birthdays. Are there other birthdays? And we're celebrating. Holly, your mom's birthday, we are also celebrating. Uh, are there any other birthdays or anniversaries that we need to celebrate today? It was uh, Corbin's birthday this past week, Kathleen's son, who we sometimes get to see on the screen. So happy birthday to Corbin as well. All right, friends, let's join together in the birthday and anniversary prayer. Let us pray. Watch over your children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up if they fall. And in their hearts, may your peace, which passes all understanding, abide all the days of their lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And very happy birthday blessings to you all. And the blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, be with us on mountaintops and in valleys. Shine brightly in our hearts and be a blessing in our lives and the lives of all for whom we pray this day and always. Amen. We are joining in our closing hymn. Now, this is not the closing hymn that is in your bulletin. It is the separate attachment that was sent in the weekly email or in the morning email. And I will share, God willing, the correct song on my screen.
Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Thank you.